Yo, Chuck, run a power move on him. May I say something to you to give you a true knowledge of yourself and life so that the same glory and success attained by other men who understand themselves may be yours? Man in the full knowledge of himself is a superb and supreme creature of creation. When man becomes possessor of the knowledge of himself, he becomes master of his environment, the captain of his own ship, the director of his own destiny, the accomplisher of his own ends. Peace. What's happening, folks? This is the Brooklyn Combine, and we are at the virtual Brooklyn Combine. Mm -hmm. Who's in attendance? Oh, what's up, everybody yo? Now we doing that? Yeah, okay. First, everybody's blabbermouth. Yeah, Philip Sung. Philip Sung is in, in is in attendance. As per usual, the first one to tell me, yeah. officer. <laughs> we're not doing that. We're not doing that. Yo, Kim uh, Marie's here. Jason Vivez is here, Combine Forever. You know what I'm saying? Who else, man? You got the brother Molly X here. That's it. And two, and uh, that's it today. Oh, no, come on, Jazz. Stop playing around, man. I said Jazz. He said it. He said it like the same time he did. All right. All right we got. Oh, there you go. We got Felton logging in. Oh, Fel Felton Brown is in, in, the, in the building, kid. All right, quick. And my name is Keith White. Yo, man. It's been a long time, guys. Hold up. Felt got his mask on by himself. He and his yo, yo. mask on. Nah, <laughs> <laughs> you can't be too cautious, brother. Yo. <laughs> <laughs> this real <laughs> This guy. Nah, how's everybody been, man? We haven't done this in a long time. Good. You good? <laughs> maintaining. Good kid, babe. Maintaining, huh? Maintaining. Yeah, we we we've seen each other though. It ain't it ain't like we fell off on that regard. We've been bike riding, catches working out. Uh, big up to the, the combine young adults. Uh, young Jazzy, Kennedy, Jasmine graduated high school. We had we had the you know, graduation. Up. You know what I'm saying? That's, that's, that was important. Um, but for real, usually we have a little round table of come up with topics, but um, as Mally pointed out, I don't think we could just close our eyes and uh, you know open our mouth and come up with a topic, guys. <laughs> it seems like a lot of people would, would, would uh, say we caused this if you've been listening to the combine from the very beginning. <laughs> That you know, this time is not really um, anything unusual for us. I should say. You know, the last the last podcast was uh, the last big topic. Suleimani had gotten murdered. Oh, that wow. was the last. Oh big yeah, topic. that was the last topic. That was the last topic. Yo, but this COVID thing has been on a on a series. All right, let's start with the COVID. The yeah, I'll I'll throw this in the air. Uh, y'all know y'all my brothers. Y'all know I uh, represented the guy Tom Frieden the former head of the CDC. <clears throat> and he had told me sometime in like, I want to say like January, uh, February, I'm not sure. But he said that, you know, uh, this COVID thing, is, it was going to be first the health pandemic. And he said 
they don't know the damage because the economic pandemic is going to soon follow. Um, so when it happened, I think a lot of people rightfully, or maybe not, you know, we have a bad information system here. People, a lot of people didn't take it seriously um, from all types of communities. But me personally, I know of at least 20, 25 people who have died from it so far. And on a personal note, um, our brother, my wife, my wife had it. Um, she she uh, was sick, as y'all all know, knocked out mm -hmm. for two weeks. Um, she went to, she, she felt so bad, she went to the hospital. Uh, I, I, they made me, they told me to wait in the car. She went in, got tested. They told her she just got the flu. Two weeks ago, she takes the antibody test and it says that she had it. And now she has antibodies for it. Uh, my mother then got sick right after she had gotten sick. Well, you know, obviously y'all know Nima's elderly, but um, Uncle Keith, I'm gonna let you talk about, cause Uncle Keith was afflicted with it for a second, right? Yeah, no, yeah, it's real. Um, I, uh, and I found out, I don't even, I found out by mistake. I was, we were, we were um, on FaceTime, just mm -hmm. kicking it with um, another, some other family friends. And um, turn that down, Kelly. And um, while I was on FaceTime, Allegra just walked by, my wife walked by me and just put her hand on my head, just kind of like playing around. And she was like, huh, you feel warm. And when she said that, um, she, you know, she put me in the basement in quarantine. <laughs> it was like, <laughs> it was like, nah, you gotta, you gotta go down there. So, so then I started to actually feel like not healthy, not, you know, I started to feel sick after that. Um, but it's crazy because the day before that I had said, yo, like, I remember hurt. we were in the, I remember we were in the bank, me, you and Phil. Mm -hmm. You said you was you was feeling like your heart was, was causing yeah so um so when i went to the hospital you know m my lungs were relatively clear i mean i had pneumonia covid pneumonia but it wasn't like my lungs weren't the problem mm -hmm. they were like we got to keep you because your heart rate is not right and so that was like like a scary experience and so yeah so yeah i mean i dealt i dealt with it it didn't it didn't affect me um it didn't affect my lungs. I didn't have to go on a ventilator or be intubated or anything like that. But um, but it definitely it definitely zapped me. Yeah. It, it um. Anybody else got any? Uh... I mean, to Uncle Thurm right oh, now. Uncle Thurm yeah, is back. That's in right. The Uncle Thurm is back in the hospital as yeah. well. Because he had it. Yeah. Yeah. Uncle Thurm was positive. We were all we, He called. He called Chi-Chi and I because he had fell, which is rare. You know what I mean? He, he said he fell. He had fell in the bathroom. And he's getting up there in age. So, of course, we went over there. So, we're cleaning up. And I'm cleaning up the bathroom. And called my little sister. She's a nurse. One of my little sisters, she's a nurse, came through. Checked him. Long story short, went to the hospital. Confirmed that he was positive. So, he was there for several weeks. Came home. Got sick again. Went back to the hospital. Came home. Got sick again, and now he's back at the hospital. So, you know, it's it, it's tough. So it seems that a lot is still going on. We're certainly not past all this, and with a lot of cities opening back up, it seems that we may be seeing a whole new surge, a new spike. Absolutely, I, and I think it's actually disastrous. 
Um, we, you know, for me, I, I got two problems that I have. One, cap, the way capitalism is constructed and the way the American economy system is based, which is consumerism, these people in the leadership position, they, their first interest is in help. So it's wild to me, like all those, all those people yelling, uh, all lives matter, about two weeks ago, they was ready to have their grandmother die. They old. Absolutely. Um, sacrifice older people or sick people. And it shows you the inhumanity in American society, for me. And then it also shows you, we've, always, we've mentioned medical apartheid in the past. It also shows you how in a, in a system that is constructed on alienating us socially, politically, and economically through racism or with racist intent, it shows you how, from a systematic standpoint, we always suffer the most. And, and, that, and that's really disheartening to me that um, this society is really, really clear about who gets to suffer the most. Well, oh, absolutely. What's scary, what's scary for me is the, like the, severity, <clears throat> the severity of it. I felt like the world understood it about a month, a month and a half ago. Ken, to your earlier point, it was like, I know even personally, I didn't take it as serious. You had H1N1, you had bird flu, you know, all of these things over the years that were way less um, severe than they ultimately turned out to be. But this wasn't one of them, you mm -hmm. know? And so I had to adjust my, <clears throat> you know, my approach to it. And it seemed like the whole world got that. And now that it's summer, and now that the the government wants to the the capitalists have such a vested interest in reopening the world and that's become a uh, an overarching narrative it seems like even the people who understand the severity are cool with this ridiculous risk like it's so risky to do this stuff you look at these pictures beaches you know people hang it's like it, it's in some parts of the country, it's like it's not even happening. Not some happening. parts of the world is like not even happening. And I don't, and, and what scares me is how we went from everybody kind of getting it to now it seems like now that it's June and now that it's hot. Does it out the window. Right. But, look at the, but look at the continuum, right? We watched capitalism do what it did with natural resources, right? Before you even get in the early stages of capitalism, what would run what would become white people up out of Europe, you, you're cutting down everything, you're ruining all the resources. So you get over here, you start ruining all the daggone resources, tearing everything down, then you come get us. You're running through these human resources. And you keep going with that, you keep going with that to the point where some of us remember freaking British Petroleum got oil simply pumping and dumping into the Gulf. Like capitalism is cool and content to watch any number of atrocities take place in its effort to amass even greater wealth yeah, because it's, it's sort of like the you know it, in in destabilization it, it's opportunity absolutely and because we all right so what's the body count now it's over a hundred thousand right yeah, hundred hundred ten thousand yeah and, and you know what i'm gonna tell you i got i got a pet peeve a little bit who i'm not feeling these black talking heads on television in general um and i don't mean to reduce people to that but i think when you're in a position or a platform and you have the ability to disseminate information and knowledge that you would hope leads to wisdom, that you would take that really seriously. And <clears throat> at some point I saw Van Jones 
and as well as some other people, it was this narrative out there that black people were getting COVID simply because of ignorance. Um, and, and that really bothered me because first of all, if you're living, look at the areas in, in Brooklyn that we know was highly affected. I think it's Brownsville. Um, I think Flatbush. Flatbush. All those are dense areas. To, to be able to socially distance, you know what? That's a privilege. You know, like we live in, some of us live in these neighborhoods where has, they've been gentrified. Yo, you could get your parking space now. You know why? Because those people who gentrified there, their asses is gone. Because yep. they yep. can afford. They got to, a place to go. They, go, they have somewhere where to go. We didn't have anywhere to go. You, you're, you're an essential worker. Who are the essential workers? Who are taking care of America right now? Who's... The people who were brought here to take care of America. <laughs> yeah, like, well, you, you, you know, somebody, somebody made an interesting point. Somebody made an interesting point. I was talking to someone um, from Atlanta, and she, she lived in New York for a while. She said that, she said that so, people not social distancing in certain other places of the country, it, there's no excuse for it, right? They mm -hmm. probably don't think it's real because it's, it hasn't impacted their community. But people in New York City, specifically places like Brooklyn, New York, um, Manhattan, and the Bronx, the majority of people in these in, the, in in our city, they're living with people that they don't want to live with. They have roommates. They're living with um, parents. They're living with people that they don't want to live with. And because now you're stuck in a house, or you're stuck in an apartment, or you're stuck in any type of living situation that's that's not necessarily comfortable. So to your point, dogs, like it is a privilege Hold to on. be able to social distance when you live when you live in a um, a place as densely populated as as Brooklyn. Yeah, and 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 wasn't Queens like the epicenter? Yeah, and like Queens was. Yeah, Queens in the beginning was in was at the epicenter. Um, one, yeah, that the that uh, dense part, like. But you know what? I, I feel like um, um, I mean, New York in general was the epicenter simply because of the the international effect of New York, the airport, the subway system. But you know, to my point with these talking heads, yo, who are the people driving the buses? Who are the people cleaning the train station? Who are those people? Those are usually minorities, black or Hispanic people. And so to, to belittle uh, the, such a serious and complex thing to, oh, it's just, you know, the Negroes, man, they don't even listen. You know, that it's yeah. just, it, it's not, it's not It's accurate. not intellectually honest. It's not intellectually but I, honest. But I'll add another point to that, to double down on the talking head point, because when I say it, I do mean it in a reductive sense. It's not to say that they're not capable of thorough journalism, but aside from the race dynamic and the general dishonesty, the tempo that exists now with popular news media, where you have to be the, get it here first. You saw it over here. When you have that type of dynamic and that's supposed to replace this idea of actual journalism, actually sharing of pertinent information that's thoroughly researched and so on and so forth, you don't even give yourself the time to do that. You don't have a culture that gives itself the time to develop an in-depth, clear, analytical sort of dialogue with a populace. You don't have that. What you have is knee-jerk, top of the line, let's get it out real fast, and we'll correct ourselves later if we have to. And you know, and you know that's true because here you go. Hey, you don't need a mask. It doesn't affect it. Uh -huh. No, wear a mask. Yo, asymptomatic doesn't spread it. Wait, 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 wait. It may spread it. Um, and the messaging from this information system it's criminal, to be honest with you, what the, the Trump administration has done. Like, think about it. Because of his white privilege, he defunded 
um, the organizations that would have helped at least prepare for this. He underfunded them, defunded them, um, said live at a, a, a rally that it's a hoax, that only 15 people got it, it's gonna disappear. Um, hey, drink bleach, drink you disinfectant, say use the vibe, say anything. And that to me was remarkable that America, quote unquote, the, leady, the leader of the world was taking a position at a, 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 on a global pandemic that was, was historical um, to take that sort of position. And it made me realize that there isn't any, there isn't any black political leadership and there certainly isn't any white political leadership. The leadership for whiteness is literally there for the small ruling class elite who can manipulate Wall Street and everything else. We have no black political leadership, in my opinion. Um, anytime you can have a bunch of, you know, uh, Aisha Pelosi and Tyrone Schumer throwing kente cloth and get on their knees. We, and, and so we for definitely, this. after this break, we'll get into some of that. All right, so we're going we gonna to take a break, Phil? Phil, you ain't tell us to take a break. You all right? I did, but you run your mouth a lot and you didn't see me put the timer up. But that's yo, cool. Yo. What do you want to listen to, Ken? <laughs> what music do you want to hear? You're a DJ now. You're a DJ, right? Oh, <laughs> we, that's where we going? <laughs> DJ now, right? That's where we going? All right. And this I want to listen to some world music. I want to listen to some David Byrne. All right, all right. So we're going to listen to a little clip of Kenneth's special mix that oh, is... Oh, man. Yo, this is not a hate, B. It's all good. No, no, no. It's dope. It's dope. It's actually a dope mix. All right. Uh, we'll be right back. You may find yourself living in a shotgun shop. And you may find yourself in another part of the world. And you may find yourself behind the wheel of a large automobile. And you may find yourself in a beautiful house with a beautiful wife. And you may ask yourself, Ask yourself, where does that highway go to? 
So, so, so we back. Um, I was just talking about Tyrone Schumer and Ayanna <laughs> Pelosi, um, who who uh, showed their their respect for the black their black culture. And I was saying that that shows you how there isn't any black leadership in Washington or locally, but it also shows you how whiteness. Anytime you're an enemy of whiteness, if, if when they're not using violence to, to suppress you, they're, they're, they're looking to usurp whatever movement or, or um, you know, co-op whatever movement. So that I, I feel like we have the pandemic, but now we had the health pandemic, but we are in the middle of dealing with what we've always been dealing with, which has been the biggest global pandemic in history, which is racism. And that's where we are today. Um, so, so we're going. So we're going to deal with racism, and we're going to deal with white supremacy by having white people put on some uh, indigenous African uh, garments, yes. as opposed to as opposed to empowering some black people um, mm -hmm. or putting some black or, or looking to some black people for leadership. Yeah. We're going to lead that. We're Damn, what happened to Uncle Keith? Big Keith going breaking up. Also, kind of like um, even the painting in the street and renaming the street signs. Mm -hmm. Like that stuff was ridiculous. And now they're talking about. I think there's like a bid to get it in New York somewhere. To but listen, but all all of it is ridiculous. Look, all of it. Like to be honest with you, I, I you know look, we have. Our brother Stephen Lynch, who is white, um, with us, and we we have conversations every day talking about all of this stuff. Me personally, and I know some of us have been to marches. I've been to one protest by mistake. Me and Jet rode my rode my bike into it. Here's my concern, and it's something me and Mally have been discussing for a minute now. When your house is not order in order, it's really difficult to get your house in order when you have company over, um, you know, it, it just doesn't work. Like, it, it, and it puts you in a very dangerous position to have to get yourself in order on the world stage in this digital age. Absolutely. It, it's just, it's, 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 it's impossible. I'll go on and say it's impossible. No, it is impossible. So, yeah. But, but here's one thing. You get Upper West Side two years ago, maybe one to two years ago, and liberal Upper West Side, the white parents were protesting the black and Hispanic kids who was coming from the projects in Harlem coming into their school district. They were like, nah, I guarantee you those same parents was outside with a Black Lives Matter sign. Um, those, the white people at the protest, some of them have great intentions. Some of them really want this to end. They just don't know how. And they, and they don't know how because they grew up in whiteness, so they know how overwhelming it is. They are in those communities. But my thing is, you're in there holding that sign up, it looks real chic and real vogue, but those are the same people who are sitting on the juries, who have no problem not giving money to the kid who got his head bashed into the police. Well, that's because much of the discussions surrounding the dynamics that we're dealing with here are rooted in a very, overly simplified, juvenile, parochial uh, rendition of social relations in America called racism. 
So as long as you say racism, you know everything you know about the challenges in America and all a liberal white person has to do is say, well, look, I don't want to be racist. And I don't say that to trivialize someone who truly desires to live in a more humane world. I am with you. You are with me in that. But it is a problem when you reduce these very complex dynamics to something simple as racism, which today is more akin to not being nice or being mean. Because maybe you don't want to use the more mature language, or maybe you don't know of white supremacy. White supremacy is the issue at hand. Racism is a tool. It is a tool to maintain white supremacy. Mm -hmm. And this is the system that if we're serious about moving beyond this, that's the system that we need to be trying to eliminate. Racism today, well, today you don't have to be racist. Most white people in America and most confused Negroes don't have to be racist for that matter because the system is racist enough for you. Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's definitely... Yeah, there's, there's a popular, there's a popular, um, popular phrase that white supremacy is so embedded into the DNA of America that you don't even need white people to enforce it anymore. Absolutely. Like, we got enough, we got enough, we got enough Negroes um, promoting white supremacy through their personal values. So Absolutely. the problem, the problem really is like you can legislate whatever you want, right? We've had laws in effect for mm -hmm. decades, you know, maybe even a century at this point, right? But 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 people's values have to change. If people's yes. values don't change, then they'll simply be they'll simply be trying to operate under the color of law, but still with this, you know, with the same principles. So values are values inform public policy. Public policy informs laws. Now, how do we get to the heart of people? I, and then, you know, obviously, some people think that you kill a bunch of Negroes in the street, people will feel some type of sympathy. <laughs> but you know, we you know, America has been killing Negroes in the street for yeah, centuries. Listen, and, and so and, I don't and believe I don't buy I don't buy yeah I don't so I don't mm. buy that people are like, oh, starting to feel sorry for Negroes. Nope. I think that what's happening is that um, they're starting to understand that if there's no alignment on certain principles, then we all crumble. And so when you see, like, for example, slavery, right? During slavery, the house Negro was favored, the field Negro was not favored, and the slave catcher or the cops, right? They were also poor white people, right? And then the person who who's the homeowner, who was the landowner, they were the rich person who was kind of moving, moving all the needles. But what happened is when slavery, when mercantilism and industrialism started to change, right? Slavery no 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 longer was what was profitable. And so now master's losing his house, house negroes lose, losing his place in privilege, field negroes losing losing his place in the field, and the slave catchers losing how he earns his money as a slave catcher. So the system is actually what dictates the change. And Absolutely. I think that what's happening now is we're starting to see the, the bottom out. This, this pyramid scheme of the American dream is starting to bottom out. And that's what's causing this current change. And if somebody's serious about analyzing it, you can make a straight line. You can go before feudalism, but if you want to start there, you can go from feudalism, mercantilism, mm -hmm. to capitalism. You can keep going to, to, to wage slavery. You can keep going until, until today where you have on the cusp this new form of gig economy enslavement where you will become slave to the next gig and how many gigs can you manage? 
All of it is in an effort to generate as much wealth for a few individuals as possible, and thereby extension, it creates poverty. But as long as you can convince a populace in America, that populace happens to be white people. So you construct this idea of whiteness. You can go around the world, as many of us have been fortunate to do, and you see the dynamic playing out in other ways. If you are serious, you need to focus on creating a system that's more humane for human beings. If you have a group, let's say like in this case, law enforcement, who their objective is to protect property, fundamentally that's a problem. I don't care, I care about human beings. We need systems that protect and exist to maintain the highest quality of life for human beings. It's really that simple. If you know, the details become complex, but we get the point. And, and um, you know, it goes back to, to really get under the surface of all that stuff requires a deep analysis it requires a um an educational process that i think americans in general are lacking but particularly in our community you know we don't educate our children um we don't uh we don't have this the apparatuses set up in which we produce the next leaders political leaders community uh, uh grassroots leaders usually those people are coming outside of our community uh, to, to galvanize us, just like Black Lives Matter. And I don't mean to pick on Black Lives Matter, but we, we are in the hood, all of us. Um, I, I've never seen them uh, in, our, in our communities that, that are underfunded and, and needed. Now, that's not to say that they are people, aren't people with that movement who would love to do that, but as a movement, I don't see that. And the, and the, the political leadership that we have in the Black community is there is none. We have the the bourgeoisie elite. Uh, we have the entertaining black elite. We have uh, the the pimp uh, social activist environment lane. We don't have grassroots organizing, and I think that's something that happened for several reasons. The American government waged war against us, and and they they made sure that didn't happen. Um, many of us, from a, a social standpoint, try to seek and buy things and get degrees to, to get access to the American dream. But in the process, we've lost political leadership. When you listen to any of these black political leaders, when they're given a chance to talk or when they talk, they are not talking about anything empowering of black people. They're usually talking about uh, left wing talking points, right-wing talking points. It's based in this blue or red. When you look and study black leadership, political leadership that was pushing the envelope, King wasn't afraid to challenge Lyndon Johnson, although after Lyndon Johnson and him got the civil rights uh, bill passed. Um, Martin, I mean, Malcolm, as you know, was, you know, nobody was safe. Um, you know, well, Angela, yeah. nobody was safe. Yeah. All of these, Ella Baker, yeah, Eddie, uh, Fannie Lou, no one yeah. was safe because they understood what was happening to us. These people want to talk in safe measures and not upset the, the power structure. And that's been, you know, and, and in return, they've lost our youth. They've lost people who know. And we don't have a voice on a national level as a result. And that's okay. We need grassroots organization. Right. We right. need practical things to happen to offset white supremacy. Because here's one. Oh, I agree with you, Uncle Keith. Yo, if you think you're gonna get to the conscience of America, yo, 
uh, I, yeah, no, no, I mean, there may be some kids, listen, I don't believe that shit is, is even, I don't, I don't even think that shit is possible. Actually. Well, you, you've had time, well, first off, really quickly, and I'll, I'll say this to, to echo the point. It isn't so much, I wouldn't say it as we don't have it. We don't have as much as we need and as much as we would like. It's a lot of good people doing a lot of good work all over the country, like all over the place. And so we never want to discredit or overlook them. And even in a lot of the more popular organizations, there's certainly a lot of work being done and we should applaud it and support each other. But definitely we need more work being done that isn't seeking to be celebrated throughout social media and maybe trying to get on the national stage. I think what I, what I think is really quick, um, what, I, what I didn't see coming and what in an I, really idealistic way I hope is sustainable is the idea that, you know, like, this is not a, this is a human problem. This is right. not a, this is not a, a black problem. This is a human problem. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that at least in, in ways I've never seen it before where others, non-black people, non-brown people are in some form or another looking at what they are doing or not doing. If, if we all agree that this is a human problem, then right. what, is, what is your role in this human problem? Well, I think that, but I think, but I think that, to, to my point earlier, though, is that it's a human problem now because everyone's privilege is being affected, right? So I think that if everyone's relative privilege is being affected, then the people who could hide behind the shroud of their own privilege are like, oh, well, I got I to gotta take a side. However, when, as, as we see more economic governmental controls come into place and we see things kind of get normalize a little bit we're going to see where people really stand because people like it's cool it's trendy like it's, i got people yelling on the roof of the building telling me black lives matter so i feel good about that shit right and so that's cool but when i'm walking through somebody's neighborhood and they like yo what the fuck are you doing like this is no, not cool anymore you're by yourself right when that starts happening and people have to start retreating back to uh, you know, to their comfort zones, then we'll see whether it's real, whether it's a movement or a moment. So you, so you telling me the NFL statement on Black Lives Matter and Pornhub supporting Black Lives is not real? That's not real? <laughs> Yo, no, there's a, there, so, a point. Wasn't it Ebony? Wasn't it Ebony? Lo- Ebony? You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> you know, you're telling me that's not real? Like, you know, everybody <laughs> but, but, care about it. But that is wait, 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 wait. Wait, we gotta we gotta we gotta take, they a, take break. a break. Yo, take Phil, a break. why don't why don't we play one of your mixes, Phil? Maybe we will. All right, that's cool. Jazz, you good, boy? You know what, Jazz? <laughs> I got you, Jazz. Me and you used to be, you know, on the same page. I see what's going on in this pandemic. Yeah, we got big Uncle Rudy in the building, too. We just want to oh, Uncle Rude. Uh, Uncle Rude. It's not the end. Uncle Rude, what up, everybody? What up, what up? Hey, bro. On his fitness, his afro. What's up? <laughs> we'll be back. Get the mix ready, boy.
Alright, we back. We back. Nah, so nah, Jazz definitely informed us of, you know, fortunately, so some missing well, yeah, fortunately, some misinformation yeah. that was out there. But I will say this to the point. It is embarrassing to go back to that analogy of being in someone else's house where every aspect of your life is exposed. Black people in America, when we hurting, white people right there looking. When we feeling good, mm -hmm. right there looking. When we playing music, when we doing any daggone thing, now you got a bunch of white people. Are you mad at us? Are you still, you have a breakup with somebody and you're trying to get your head together and be like, look, are you still mad at me? Are you going to tell everybody about it? It's like, can you give me a minute? Can you give me a minute? You just said it earlier today, though. Uh, whiteness and white America is infatuated with blackness. Oh, yeah. Like, they are constantly concerned about what we're doing, when we're doing it, who we're doing it with. Um, that's just something that's been here from day one. And that's something that you do with your property. Um, Absolutely, and that—that's—that's that's another whole conversation. And this is why this is why someone like a Biden, hopefully, you know, what mm -hmm. I'm saying people listening don't necessarily mm -hmm. get offended, but this is why someone like that can make a statement like, like "Oh, you're not black." You're not black. And and think about it. let's let's go. On. I I did a I I was on a, a show this morning that talked about with Biden a bit, um, how he's you know he goes on what is it the Breakfast Club and. He had he had that other story at the pool where he he was what did he say? Um, oh please, uh, cornball. Corn, that story makes yeah, me sick. Some, some, His cornbread, yeah, yeah, cornbread, yeah, 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 yeah. So, but look what's happening. So a big angle right now that white people uh, are driving with um, a lot of black community activists who've been doing this thing for a long time with no no attention, but have paved the way. They're talking about defunding the police. That's a big thing. And when you Absolutely. think about it, that's a valid thing yeah. because the police historically have been the race soldiers for white supremacy, um, starting from a long time ago, which went real, actually not a long time ago, from, from at the inception of this country, which wasn't a long time yeah. ago. And that's an accurate argument to have if you really are thinking about deconstructing the systematic racism in this country because what do racist police lead to? Racist police lead to over-police black neighborhoods, uh, misrepresentation of black people in the criminal justice system, misrepresentation of black people as convictions, misrepresentation of black people incarcerated, so now we have mass incarceration. That then filters out into the neighborhood. Poverty, families are broken up, communities are broken up. So Starting with the police department is a great place to start. And look at what's happening. Uh, well, look at how these cops are meeting it. I yeah, mean, I look how they, enough, yeah, the cops. Right now, people are, right now, the whole world is watching as, the, as they protest your abuse of your power. That's like somebody. you're meeting it with more yeah, abuse, abuse of That's your like power. somebody saying, your dogs, don't whip you, don't beat your wife, and then. I'm, I, I do a Facebook Live and my wife come in the room and I slap her. Yeah. Um, that's what's happening on... And look, these dudes are going all out. Oh, they, yeah, they, go. they straight bust open a 75-year-old white man head. They beat oh, up yeah. some white kids, which is yeah. not new. No, that's, you, yeah, that's not they've been whipping white people ass too. Yeah, yeah, um, they hang, they hang Jane, J John Brown. Brown, yes. Right? And, yes, they did. <laughs> um, so... But starting with the police department is the right, right place to start. Yeah, I dig that. A, um, lot, a lot of this stuff, I was, you know, you know how we kept, can tend to be. Not necessarily negative, but, you know, you reach a certain age, you have seen a lot twice. But 
when it's when I started seeing this whole like casting serious with the, at least talking with the defund the police, I remember I'm thinking like, yo, I got up one morning and they had you know the big BLM written in the street in yellow. I'm like, all right, cats got the theatrics out. But then the next morning, I'm like checking the news and I see defund the police. I'm like, all right, now we talking. No, now, and, now but you know what? Action. But that's that if that movement is carried right, like like for instance, reparations is never happening in this country. And we wouldn't want reparations if we're looking for free. Reparations is not giving us liberation here, and it doesn't take away systemic. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I think Listen, but it ain't. Ha- I just don't think it's happening, right? We got, we got a couple it brothers. Yeah, it, 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 it ain't gonna happen. But that defund the police thing can happen if, from a political and intellectual standpoint and a practical standpoint, that movement continues. And that, that continues through taking data, statistics, and showing how policing is linked to racism at every turn. And the reason why that can actually turn around is within a generation, when, when the twins are Kennedy's age, they, if they're programmed right and educated right on that issue, they're going to be the voting base. There's going to be people who are growing up in this time who it's going to stick with them. So it has to be a sincere, intellectually honest space. But well, we've been, yeah, I mean, we've been programmed. Yeah, we've been programmed to think that we need police to stop crime, but, but police but, don't actually stop crime. crime. No, they don't. But his his was even crazier, son. The police are really here. Let's be honest. It's racism. They're here to keep us scary black people away from the white people. That's Hold on, yo. Let's let's t- let, yo. Let's mention the case with me and Phil with, with the Pakistani developer. I'm just about to tell you to tell that story. Yeah, what happened? So we're we're working on a project, and we got a developer from Pakistan. You know, nice guy, solid guy. But he asked a question. He said, "Hey, you know, Phil was gone, so it was only he and I talking." He said, "Hey, now he felt more comfortable with you than Phil because Phil is kind of aggressive." <laughs> Yeah. So, so this guy, aside, aside from the fact that he asked me, he was curious about my name, he was like, what kind of name is that? It's Molly X. So I said, you know, Molly, like the country, you know. And then it was X. I said, you know, like the Minister Malcolm. He was like, what is that? I said, Minister Malcolm, what is that? But again, I digress. The point is, as we keep talking, he said, you know, I, I got a question I want to ask you, but hopefully you won't get offended. I said, I'm not easily offended. Ask away. He said, well, I've got a friend who's moved to the United States. And they, as they, you know, speak to us back here at home, they told us that everyone in America knows all across the country that at night, black men start robbing everyone and raping people. <laughs> Is that true? Yo, okay. like, yeah, and punch them wow. in the mouth. Is that true? And like, it was yeah, so sad. Now, this guy, you think this guy's got to be like mid, early to mid-30s, early to mid-30s, his general critical thinking skills, and this is nothing against him. Hopefully, he won't listen. This is not anything against him as an individual. But no, he should listen. You thirty something years old, man. I mean, really, really. Any anybody really? for me? Who, yeah. Yeah. Any any uh, rape all throughout that country. Really? Yes. I, and first off, exactly. you already know mm-hmm. I began great as, 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 <laughs> as, as, point. as I could. I began to go through a very recent history concerning his people and various groups that have been looked at his demagogues, and I explained to him, and I don't, I, again, I've never met him personally, so I said, now, I don't know what group you fall in, 
your family members, your loved ones, but certainly you can understand that in your country, as any other country, you're going to have groups that are marginalized. But all you have to do, because unlike your scenario, this country is the citadel of modernity, the most violent, hyper, maniac country in a freak on the planet. You, everybody knows what goes on in America. You can cut on the news any day and see what's going on with black people any day. But of course, this was before all of this. This was maybe, it's crazy because all this has been going on like right now because that was only a few weeks yeah, ago. But, we but, but, but for me, see, that's why it's like, it, this is an anti-intellectual place and the world is becoming an anti-intellectual place because anyone who has a full understanding, a comprehensive understanding of American history knows that black people being violent ain't America's problem. In fact, in fact, we've practiced restraint. Like yes. we 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 actually should um, be burning things down. <laughs> you know, like let's be honest. Like we've tra- practiced restraint. We weren't the violent ones. We were actually the actually the recipient of violence. I mean, um, but, it, but it's so sad that it go- and again it's parochial. It goes without saying. It's like, listen, how do how do we get here, my young? But that's the net, but, but that's the yeah, but you but you know what though that this, that sister Kimberly Latrice Jones, she coined, she said it perfectly. She had this like six minute kind of like rant outside some store, and she was like, "Listen, the, America needs to be luck is lucky that black people are Don't trying to get revenge. equality, yeah. one, equality instead of revenge." Exactly. Yeah. And you got to understand, that's why racism still persists, because honestly, I feel like racism is a, is a disease. It's a behavioral problem. And one of the many things that it is, the reason why it still persists, the reason why you can get a bunch of white officers and hold some stupid conference talking about they're the ones who wrong is because they know what they did to us, but even more importantly, they know what they're still doing to us. Right, and of course, and that's fear of revenge. And that's fear, like, but, that's, I, but I want to shift gears really quickly, not to go to another topic, but still related to this topic, because one, the you know, we certainly don't want to spend too much time only focusing on some of, some so of these. We would like some, some solutions. Yeah, exactly, we'll get some of that. But I do want to mention one part that I know personally, I hadn't given, a whole lot of thought to other than in passing. Somebody had posted a video and I saw, and it was a young brother, young service member, and he was out, he might be a member of the National Guard. And, you know, the protesters are around him and, and they're screaming, they're screaming something, they're shouting something like, I'm black and I'm proud, or something like that, some some black affirming statement. And you saw the young man, he clearly wants to join and you see him, he starts to move his mouth. I'm sure it'll circulate if it hasn't already. And sure enough, you see him mouthing it. And I felt so bad for this young man because, as many of us know, this black experience is going to get you wherever you are. We got young brothers and sisters in law enforcement and and any manner of spaces that might otherwise make it more challenging for them to take a stance in these times. And my heart goes out to them because all I'm thinking is, if this video becomes very popular, that young man is going to pay a serious price when he gets back to his quarters, to his base, because he doesn't have the luxury of like some of us existing in a place and space where you can have everyday discourse in a meaningful way with your people, where you can reinforce and affirm your position and your solidarity. Everybody doesn't have that. So I, I, my heart goes out to individuals during this time who are in such a compromised position. Well, and, and if, as far as the police thing again, you, look, I, 
take a second to to read um, many people, if you haven't already, this book by Elizabeth Hinton called From the War on Poverty to the War on Crime. And it really talks about how under Johnson it started, the, the police have been uh, militarized by the federal government. Um, that was the goal. And the reason why it was the goal is because the biggest threat during those times were black males, 15 to 35 years of age, and insurrection in all these cities. Mm -hmm. Newark burned, Detroit burned, LA burned, Watts, uh, Brooklyn riot. You know, riots were happening all over the place because people were, you know, they were dealing with overwhelming difficulty from a government that had waged war. So these police departments are militarized. That's why they move like that. That's why they're, they're, um, they come out in such force. Um, and that's why they, this is the response that they're given. The only, one of the things that I think we can do in addition to defunding, and, and, and the defunding won't happen until for another generation because you have to educate people to become those local leaders and those politicians who can really do that and people job. have to see models that will and they, work. They, yeah, you got to see models that can work. But what can happen also simultaneously? Just imagine if in every black neighborhood you created a I wouldn't call it a Mossad, um, but you created a community glue and patrol, and that community glue and patrol were visibly present. When they weren't visibly pre present, they had cameras. Those cameras were going back to a centralized office in homes where concerned parents can see what's going on uh, in, in that particular area or the, the, the security or patrol can, can respond to certain things. And any time a police officer came on site, there's an intergenerational response on that patrol who's there holding that police officer accountable. Because over time, that will reduce the need to over-police our communities because our communities are over-policed. Right. And it will develop a sense of solidarity and pride and community. that community. So as to distinguish their patrolling, their observation, their, mm -hmm. their awareness of what's going on in their community in contrast to what this outsider is doing. Because the reason why these police officers come into our hood and do and move like that is because there is no, they don't see community. They right. see niggers. And I'll tell you what else. I'll tell you what else. Any of us who grew up in chocolate cities, and if you happen to unfortunately or fortunately be in an area that was heavily drug controlled, there was a window of time that I could recall from my life where it became very clear that law enforcement that was working for the city, or in this case the state, was not, they were not permitted in there. And it was for unfortunate nefarious purposes but there was absolute control over those neighborhoods. Absolutely. There was absolute control over it. And when something happened, there was a murder, or something made it unprofitable for those that were in the street occurred, it was dealt with. Again, it was not the most desirable dynamic, but when those years occurred, I know that as a child, my neighborhood became a whole lot safer. I felt a lot more comfortable because I didn't see these other people that my entire life they put fear in you. You see these people jumping around, white guys coming from central Jersey with these suits on, mm -hmm. you know? You didn't know about the stop. Like we, certainly you were seeing something we like We have to change, as Keith mentioned earlier, our value system, and we have to move. And let me tell you something. People who think, speaking of this value system thing, if you think home, there's a lot of talk going around that, yo, home ownership 
is the beginnings of wealth and growing. You know, that's, in my opinion, that's hogwash. Um, that does not uh, remove systemic racism in the financial market, the real estate market, Washington, whatever. That isn't the type of value and ideology that we need because everyone isn't going to get their, that opportunity to buy a home in their lifetime. What does that lead? What does that lead those people? Um, we have to start creating a value system that we can start de unpacking some of this, um, the negative effects of racism and systemic racism through active practical measures. Um, and that, that may take some time, but it's doable. Um, I like to tell those protesters, uh, you know, keep protesting, right? Everybody got to do what they need to do, you know, different ways to skin a cat. Uh, to, to those white human beings who finally been awakened. I mean, when they were at their jobs and they looked around and the only black people they saw was a janitor, uh, if it didn't bother them then and now bothers them, hey, you woke up. Um, if you're on the jury and you walked in the jury room or the courtroom and you looked over at the defendant who was black or Hispanic and you already made your mind up before hearing any evidence, um, okay, now you woke up. Um, if you're that hiring white person who... Uh, can change the diversity, not just uh, uh, you know the, the intellectual diversity and, and the color diversity. When before you had this homogenous um, lily white office, okay, now you woke up. When you stop protesting, when you go back to work, and when you're doing what you're doing in your academic and your work environments, remember why you was protesting. That's all I'm gonna tell you, um, because it doesn't. You know we have to be black all the time, and you know we don't have the luxury. Of, of one day saying, you know what, we don't feel like fighting. We have to, because we, you know, we have to create as black people a viable roadmap in a society that has been constructed against us. Um, and, and we are, you know, white supremacy is predatory. White people have been predatory towards us. And we have had a difficult time um, having mean, meaningful lives under those conditions with people who have been so predatory, but despite we have had wisdom to move on through pain that has been passed on through uh, generations of, of us having to deal with adversity in this place. And this time is not new to me anyway. It doesn't feel new to me. It's just... Um, well, if you're a student of history, you, I mean, you know it's not new. I mean, you can look, you don't gotta go back that far. You can go look at the 1850s where it was, most certainly, and, and slightly before that, you know, so it's to some the apex of the apex of the abolitionist movement. And before you had those who were active agents in the abolitionist movement, the general sentiment in a lot of areas, especially in the North, was that this doesn't look good. So you started pulling black people off the auction block, but you still had all the same activity taking place off the auction, auction block. So it became a matter of what does it look like? It became a matter of the facing, similar to the point that you're making about somebody owning a home. To me, it's like owning a hat or owning a <laughs> pair of sneakers or some other such dynamic. If you think that this is going to critically and fundamentally change your relationship to this place, you have something else coming. And moreover, if tomorrow night every single solitary white person in America was no longer racist, if every one of them was no longer racist, it would not change the systemic relationship that we have to America because at this point, this is the dynamic that we're dealing with. We are dealing with a dynamic system that is becoming ever more efficient. This moment can pass with a whole new level of awareness. But if there is not a critical movement to change the actual system, 
such that it's focusing on advancing the human condition and then inadvertently black people, white people, everybody else and their mama, then this system will simply look slightly different. Mm -hmm. That's it. It'll simply look slightly and, and different. different. All right. So on that note, we're going to take a quick little music break. Phil, why don't you go to something? I don't have, I'm not very choosy as long as it's soulful, you know, it's good. Yo, play, play a Rebel A uh, track, son. Exactly. Like a Rebel A, our brother Rebel A, I'll send right. James. He wouldn't approve of this meeting. By the way. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. You he know, definitely, definitely would not. Back. Yeah, Rebel A definitely wouldn't fool the COVID. He'd be like, listen, y'all, listen, brothers. <laughs> y'all gotta be smart. <laughs> y'all not All right. being smart. <laughs> All right, we're going, we going out with a, with, a, with, a, with a Rebel A piece, and we'll be right back. And this kind of bugged to me because now you're hearing, you know, the music industry felt. You heard that? The music industry is donating hundreds of millions. Certain labels is donating 100 million here, 100 million there to social justice. Um, you, know, uh, you know, we have, all that shit is cliche shit to me. Like, ain't no such thing as criminal justice reform. That shit don't yeah, exist. It's, it's, like, it's like when people were really trying to interject the NFL into the conversation of fixing the police. It, it doesn't make any sense. And it, honestly, sometimes I think we need to get from the emotional place of even feeling that these, these entities really- They don't want shit. Yeah, they, they, they're not the person that we should be looking no. to, 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 to like speak out about it, comment about it. Like I'm not mad if a corporation, like a brand 
doesn't come in in this moment. Like I just Neither, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I just seen this stupid. I seen IBM do red, red, yellow, and green for their logo. I'm like, I'm like, if IBM was doing this since the dawn of IBM to like, mm -hmm. like have invested interest in the black experience, then it would be a nice thing to look at. But to see it in this moment is like. It's actually more of a slap in the face. To me, to me, it puts the spotlight on you because my next question is, yo, you know what? How many black tech firms have you invested in or with? How many or, black people work so at IBM, period? How, yeah, what's your numbers look like? So I don't need, like, don't patronize. Don't, right. what is it? Not patronize. Um, I mean, whatever the word. I'm, I'm, I'm getting pissed <laughs> off right now, but it, it really bothers me. No, it know? is, it, as it should. But think about it. That's right up there. Felt point is, is, is right. Yo, I had, a, I got the cats with the scarves. Yo, I got a, like yo, I got a letter the other day from a group of federal judges who were talking about we have to do something in Black Lives Matter. I'm like, yo, just like the police on the street, all the foot soldiers for white supremacy, the judges on the federal bench and state bench, no matter your color, you're also the foot soldiers for white supremacy. You know that, right? Because you know this system that you're talking about mostly incarcerates us. And you know that when you have those cops come in who busting people upside the head and lying about their arrest, and you hear the lie on the stand under oath, and then you still don't suppress, you are part of the problem. So when people start talking about criminal justice reform, yo, get these motherfuckers out of here. Because if you're not getting them out of here, if you're not shutting these companies down, if black people aren't saying, you know what? Okay, let me write a list. This is what I do every day. These are the 30 interactions that I have every day. 30 mental interactions that I have, 30 consumer interactions that I have. Out of these interactions, how many of them are black and innovative or something else? And how many of them represent white supremacy? If every day all those interactions that you have are mostly white supremacist interactions, then you need to start looking at yourself and how you're moving and your ideology needs to shift and pivot to something else. But as far as these judges and these, these cops and cops kneeling, hugging, yo, I was brought up in a time, we ain't fuck with cops because we know they ain't fuck with us. So, you know, I'm damn sure not uh, in, a, in the middle of a, a protest hugging a goddamn cop that shit doesn't make sense but but again for those who want to do that that's fine yeah but do it this, that's cool but know this everybody isn't when you engage in a scenario such that you brutalize someone or a bunch of someone's all of them might not want to hold hands and cry with you <laughs> for real and i don't mean this in a negative sense like we don't want to have a healthy emotive engagement but the healthy engagement is respect respect says hey, maybe this brother or sister over here, they want to keep a distance because the very thing that's been denied to our people since we've been here, the ability to hug each other, to spend time comfortably, to be amongst our people, to engage each other in meaningful ways is the thing that's been denied us. So in moments like this, what I really want is what I have, my people. Yeah. Personally, Get up I'm with not people. looting because America don't got what I want. Mm -hmm. I have what I want. All I want is to spend more time with it the very thing that this system has taken away. So in moments like this, you don't have to worry about how I'm feeling. You don't have to worry about uh, whether I'm mad at you or anything like that. All you need to do is really, for me personally, leave me alone yeah, and yeah. let's be respectful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I prefer respect because as far as I'm concerned, look, if you stop, sometimes you don't have to do something as much as you have to stop doing something. Mm -hmm. So if you stop with your brutality as it relates to black people, 
And it's not just police. It's hey, brutality. Oh, yeah, please, like, exactly. brutality yeah, across deeper the board, than that. Across the board. But if you were to stop, I think that would be great. That'd be mm -hmm. fantastic. You know, the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to go be with my people. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to be running the whole hands with your behind. I, but if you keep it up, guess what? Tomorrow will be the same way it was yesterday. I'm going to keep fighting. Yeah. I'm going to keep fighting personally because that's what's wise. And if, I encourage everybody to keep fighting. Yeah. Keep fighting. If you can't fight, spit. If you yeah. can't spit, Pick think something, something up. bad. Pick you know something up. Think something. Think, yeah, no, nah, seriously. Like, I would, but I'm going to tell you what I would like to see. We have a lot of kids in the combine. We got kids, nieces, nephews, people who are like nieces and nephews to us who we, we become uh, fond of and love. I would really like to see young people form political parties, um, create portals where they can communicate with, e with each other on and offline, Absolutely. create a pipeline, uh, underground railroad offline where kids from Indiana know what kids from Newark, who know what kids from Newark, New York, Cali, and so on are doing, and they know what their common issues and adversities are, and those young people we are nurtured in our community through supplemental education, supplemental cultural values, to then start grooming the next political people or people in positions of power. And when it's time to vote, those, that young people's movement, uh, those political parties, they then start going to grandma, grandpa, auntie, uncle, and then start voting. The only, the power of voting is organization. And they start using it for that. I would love yeah. to see that happen. Um, I like don't if, if that's if that's the front that they want to be. Operating yeah, if they want to be yeah. operating, some not yeah. all of us are going to do that. Yeah. But I think the the point is, I think this 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 problem that we have is so deep and complex that there isn't one answer. And I have right. the feeling sometimes that black people be looking for one answer. Right. What should we do? What's next? Yo, keep fighting and keep going. Absolutely. Cap, but also, again, not to blame everything on capitalism, but you can blame a lot. The need to have a very binary Coke or Pepsi, McDonald's or Burger King, up or down, black or white. This very simple analogy. It's like, again, you got a problem. You don't know the answer, so you make the problem simple. You know what I'm saying? That's not, we're, we're not dealing with a simple problem. We didn't get where we are because of some really simple reasons. It's led and it's complex. So we need a lot of complex approaches, or a lot of approaches, to deal with the complexity. But I think on the point of some solutions, absolutely. On one side, you got the voter dynamic. You organize it, and if you're on that front, you do that work. Or as it relates to this militarized state, absolutely. Defund those police. Because if the fear is they gonna what? People gonna go crazy, start shooting and killing? Well, they, they shooting and killing they, us yeah, now. Yeah, and then, so, and, yeah <laughs> keep defund those police, but also, Protect your neighborhood yes. through and your feed, own community feed your innovation. Feed your neighborhood. Grow that food. Yep. Get, get that food from those markets. If you have markets in your neighborhood, the Whole Foods, the Path Marks, a &P, whatever the heck you have, make sure that they are purchasing from local growers yeah. because that's you. Yep. You don't have to, and you should not have to act like we're on a different planet. We are on this planet together. Yo. But we got to operate in a way that's mutually respectful. If you can have pride, Separately, it makes it much easier to get together and have some collective pride. Those the schools, those those current teachers, part-time teachers, any professional who can teach, you don't have to have a teaching license to actually teach someone or learn something. Really have a renaissance in the education standpoint where we start 
through supplemental education. I don't get it. If you go to private school and you get home and you're in the hood, yo, it's this program going on. If you go to public school, you come back home in the hood, it's this program going on. And those programs are run by people who care and who are committed and who have the right intent behind it because the education is the base. Right. Um, you know, it's so many different things. And not to say start do. either, not, and not yeah. to say start, continue. Continue. The, continue. You're right. Yeah. You're right. Because right. again, There's people out here yeah, doing it. I'm a benefactor of growing up in North Irvington, Patterson, during those times when there was no shortage of individuals sharing critical knowledge about my black behind that helped me. And I'm grateful and I'm forever standing on their shoulders. So we really want to encourage people to continue that, like Kim was saying. Yeah. Awesome land. Uh, build nations and community together. Reflect. You ain't gonna get it right all the time, every single time. Have an accountability process for them sucker black people in the community who just want to get next to whiteness. Um, they 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 can be just as dangerous or even more dangerous than the the white racists because the difference with those people and we've seen it in our entertainment industry. Many of those people have access to our children. And love, your, and love your people. Love your people publicly. Black love is a beautiful thing. It's nothing. Yo, I see a black person, my freaking face light up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> my face, my soul light up. It's a beautiful thing. It's an extraordinary Phil, thing. Black love that. is not white hate. I see Phil. That shit make me angry, son. <laughs> make me angry, son. Get angry. But, yo, yo, Phil, you got something to say? Like, Yo, Jake. I'd like to thank everybody for coming out tonight. God bless. <laughs> Yo. Yo, Rube, Rube got to sign Yo, us off. Rube yeah, Rube, Rube, JV, Rube, felt y'all got something to say before we get out of here and, you know, uh, deal with this you know racism what? and stuff? We ain't going to take this much long, this much time off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I just yeah. want to say I'm grateful. I'm grateful because, you know, you hit a lot of points on the head before I could even get to them, so. Uncle Rube, man, we need to get your bike so we can start biking. You can't bike with that dirt peg bike you be doing so you can't but ride. I, I i ride till i till i i ride that's not fair we ain't gonna want to lead you leave you because you, you can be pedaling a hundred times a, a second yo 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 felt felt yo yeah, deep and felt what's up you got anything to say son you know you're on your, your game you and you and phil on your secret scroll workout stuff you know yo you know, I'm I'm coming from Gainesville, Alabama. You know, more time. I'll be able to. You know, I graduate to the to the to the super gym once y'all set it up. But you know, yo, you see now the gym. Yo, Phil, we got the weights together last oh, night, boy, boy. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, like I feel like this time has been like a time of a lot of reflection. But honestly, it's probably the healthiest I've been in probably like a year and a half. Probably mm. two. just like what I've been eating. Mm -hmm. exercising med meditating it's really sad with everything you know with covid and mm -hmm. and the economy and everything but i feel like it was a time it was a good time for me to like just kind of settle settle for a little I, bit you know what i can see it I, and, and look i love all of y'all daily i can see it with everybody right. like I, I don't i don't to be honest with you i know it sounds messed up besides all the people that i know have died yo this has been beautiful yo it's a it, yo listen it's a time for reflection. You got your community. You figure it out. And it's what Malcolm said, Joe, we need strong winds and innovation and other yeah, things. Yeah, yeah. You got so, to pray. You know what I want to tell you, too, felt, um, I, you know, I don't really get down with it. I love music. I love, love uh, music. I love music. And I love good art and entertainment. I don't think all of it is good, uh, like Mally. But I want to tell you, your, your man, I seen your man, J. Cole, out there. He don't look like he pandering. 
Nah, he looked he, like he, he looked like he looked like he uh, is sincere with what he's doing. Um, and and uh, you know, I, I think that's dope. And I think everybody yelling Black Lives Matter, yo, challenge Black Lives Matter to get that four foundation bread and build some schools with some right. teachers of black nationalism in the community. I don't want to just see Black Lives Matter when some motherfucker gets shot uh, or on Twitter. Like, you know, but I, I wanted to say, uh, I really like seeing J. Cole the other day. I thought that was dope. Yo, shout yeah, that brother. Yeah. Shout J. Cole. Word. You know, yeah, it's, you know, we're in that time again. It seems like, I mean, we've never not been in that time. Let's just say that. And it just feels like, you know, it, it's, I feel like it's vibrating again. Mm -hmm. When it settles, we're all back to like, we'll feel this way and then everybody else doesn't care. It does, yeah, and that's where you got to, whatever you're doing, don't let that feeling go away. Keep this going even when it's, it's not a cause for it. Because here's what's happening. Even when it's quiet, there's some systemic racism and violence that's happening in somebody's life, not just here in America, but around, around globally. And on a, maybe on our next episode, we'll talk about the music industry. I personally think the music industry is about to make billions of more dollars in the next couple of years. And it's going to be interesting to see how uh, the music industry is impacted after this because touring is kind of on hold. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's going to be interesting. But Yeah, and definitely love, so much love goes out to so many who over these last couple of yeah, who months lost, have lost, lost lives. Ones. Man, I mean, Big Joe, yeah. I mean, Corey. Um, you know, everybody who's so lost a life, sick, like yeah, a lot of, crazy. lot of people, people we even know, man. And that's, that's really important. And just people not able to work even, the way they not work. work yeah, yeah. All of that. Yeah. Even yeah. now doing the protests, I've been seeing a bunch of news, people still getting hurt. People getting, uh, mm -hmm. somebody, a uh, couple cats lost their lives. So again, keep fighting, pace yourselves out there, take care of each other. You know what I'm saying? Everybody, and that's everybody. That's the yeah. white comrades, everybody and their mother who out yeah. there. And you know what? On that note, man, I'm feeling, I'm feeling, you know, Phil, I just want to apologize, man. You know, <laughs> brothers, man. All the years and everything I ever said that was true about you, it, it hurt. I, w I want to apologize, son. We we comrades in this, man. We in a fire hole. You know what I'm saying? I want to say I love you, son. Yo, Jazz, I ain't got no problem with you no more. You my you my yo. I love you. You my little bro. We ain't got no more beef. You know, I like I like to see you get in the gym. You know what I'm saying? You, <laughs> You're still a pretty boy, but you know. Oh man, you see that? You, know, you can't have the mailbox. Right back in. The mailbox look is not gonna fly when it's you COVID. Right back in, man. Gonna come over, Gonna come out the COVID looking sleek to the shorty, son. All right, Phil, you good? Yeah, man. With that said, we signed <laughs> off. I really appreciate Ken coming around and stopping the drugs. Yo, what what happened? I don't yo. know. That looks that look weird. Yo, yo, what was that? Yo, I it, think it we got like yo. Somebody saw something. Oh, maybe a water bottle. Yo, <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> the combine brothers scared of the water bottle. Oh man! Yeah, y'all act like y'all saw a lion. <laughs> <laughs> they act like they act like some cops with some knife sticks. Oh, yeah, that was a raid. Oh, come on, man! Yeah, you know, D A or something. Yo, let me tell you what it was. You know, like when um. You ever seen that meme when mad black people be running? <laughs> and they don't, they don't even say nothing. They just start running. It'd be like 10 black black people just running. So because he ran, around he ran? Just start running. <laughs> that was me. Yo, uh, yo, so we out, man. One love to everybody, but keep fighting. Stay, stay safe. Stay innovative, man. Word up. You know y'all can kill it. 
Yo, yo. Yo, yo. You <laughs> see that? Kill it. <laughs> yo, we going out. Was, we going I out. It, I thought it was a rat. Yo, <laughs> for real. Like, like, a, like a honey badger or some shit. Like, <laughs> anybody <laughs> oh, shit, a Wolverine. <laughs> yo, y'all broke. Hey, yeah, hey, yo, yo, EJ, you ain't got to work out no more, boy. I never know. Yo, chill. Yo, where he, he at? EJ's moving that weight like it's nothing. Yo! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Jazz, jazz jumpy, jazz jumpy now. Let me find out the kryptonite, kid. <laughs> bag of cockroaches, kid. <laughs> Yo, if EJ's chasing y'all out there, Yo. stop. Stand still and take it, man. <laughs> you gotta get in the way. You ain't oh, getting straight. Stay nah. your ground. <laughs> nah, yo, we, nah, but, but real deal, man. We, everybody be safe. To that the was next, dope. To the next that podcast, and we we out. Peace.
and fold, they gotta give up the dough to my town or else we gotta shut them down. I shut them down. Some of the events or re a repetition of the events that have taken place recently, we have to go to the root. We have to go to the cause. Dealing with the condition itself is not enough. And it is because of our effort toward getting straight to the root that people oftentimes think we are dealing in hate. Hate, hate.